Do you still want to hear me? I think they had the message of Easter. Well, let's give them a hand, please. They did a good job. Oh, what an uplifting choir this morning. You're welcome in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, to this Easter service this morning. And my message to you this morning is titled, The Empty Tomb. You know, as we heard them sing, we serve a risen Savior. All the tombs of the world have their bones or dirt in them, except the tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. I had the privilege of visiting his tomb, which is in a garden. And I was so overwhelmed that I uh, told the uh, gardener there, I said, uh, can I go into the tomb and sit in it and take a picture? Yes, he said, I went and sat there and I cried that my Savior is a living Savior. We're not visiting a shrine. We're not visiting a real uh, gravesite. We're visiting a place where Jesus rose victorious and to live forevermore. That's the Savior we worship, and that's the God we have. Were it not for the fact that Jesus Christ conquered the grave and death, we would not be here today, this Sunday morning, celebrating his life. We have a living founder and a living Christ. We come regularly together to worship our Lord with joy in our hearts because he rose victorious from the grave and he is seated at the right hand of glory for your sake and mine. You know, Christianity is not a religion Or just a good advice. Christianity is a revelation from heaven. It is good news from an empty tomb. Christianity is good news from above. From a God who loves sinners such as you and me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes on him shall not perish. This is not the God. The God did not create us to perish us, not at all, but to send his son to save us and give us eternal life and to live forever as our Jesus Christ lives forever. He lives. And because he lives, Jesus, he makes it possible and certain for all who accept him as Savior to spend eternity with him. To miss this point is to miss the heart of the entire gospel. So let us remember why Jesus came, why he died, why he rose from the death. It's for you and for me. He did not want to uh, prove himself 
a great God? He is. He didn't need any proof whatsoever. But he came for you and for me to save us from eternal hell. In Matthew chapter 28 from verse 1 to 10, we have a a special account, which I will read a few verses. Matthew 28 from verses 1 to 10. It says the Bible, After the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to the tomb. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone. And his appearance was like lightning, the Bible says, and his garment as white as snow. In verse 4 it says, And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. And the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here. He's not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he was lying. I stop here. He is not here. In other place, said, why are you seeking the living among the dead? Our Jesus is alive. He is not dead. He is not still buried. Though they buried him, but the tomb, the grave, could not contain him more than three days. And he rose victorious forevermore. He's not here. Paul, in all his writings, was always bringing the subject of the gospel he presented to the world, the subject of resurrection. He says, our preaching, our gospel, which is the good news to each and every person, is centered around the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, can you imagine with me in writing to the Corinthians, because some of them did not believe in the resurrection. And he was writing to them and said, can you believe, if we are to believe like those minority who are uh, saying, that there is no resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, nor of the dead, what would have happened to Christianity. I looked at some verses in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I paraphrased them for you to uh, understand what Paul, the essence of what Paul was saying. He says, if Jesus is not risen, And this is for all of us. If Jesus is not risen, the church has no message for a lost world. I better pack my things and leave and close the church if Jesus is not a risen Savior. And he says again, if Jesus Christ is not risen, Christians have nothing to believe. If Jesus Christ is not risen, the apostles as well as all the preachers in the world, are found to be false witnesses. 
Can you imagine this happening? He says, can you? And this is Paul writing. If Jesus Christ is not risen, our faith is a mirage, is worthless. If Jesus is not risen, you are doomed. We are all doomed. And we still are in our sins. Still in the darkness of our sins. And if Jesus is not risen, those believers who died, they are perished. They are gone forever. And we shall never see them. And if Jesus Christ is not risen, we are the most miserable people on the face of this earth. But, he says, thank God, in verse 20 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, but now, Christ is risen from the dead. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Peter, in his first sermon, addressing the crowds in Acts chapter 2, verses 22 to 24, I will read it to you. In Acts chapter 2, Verses 22 to 24. He says to them. Men of Israel. Listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene. A man attested to you by God. With miracles. And wonders. And signs. Which God performed through him. In your midst. Just as you yourself know. He continues addressing them. This man, delivered up by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless, wicked men and put him to death. And God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held by its power. That's what Peter addressed them. And now, the place where he lay, the place where he lay is an empty place. It's an empty tomb. Even death could not withhold the God of light at all. Now, that was Paul. Paul presenting to us His voice through the Holy Spirit. But what's the message from the tomb? What is the message from this empty tomb that we're talking about? And the two angels who were there addressing these holy women who came in the morning, Sunday morning, to look at the grave and look at their deliverer. He said, he is not here. That's my message to you this morning. The message from the tomb, Jesus is not there. He is not here. And if he's not here, where he is? The Bible says in John and first chapter, to his own, to the Jewish people, and to the world, he came. But the world knew him not. You know what's the meaning of that? The world did not want him. He couldn't find a place for himself even in an inn. You remember that we preach around Christmas time. 
The world rejected our Savior. And this is why we see him going. And the disciples saw him going up to heaven to be seated at the right hand of God. And give me your fertile imaginations a little bit this morning. And let's see where, where Jesus is this morning. He is not in the grave. But Adol, where is he? Well, I'm going to tell you where he is this morning. Now we see him rising from the dead. Having accomplished all, we see him ascending into the heavens, bearing in his divine person the marks of his finished atonement. See him seated on the throne of God. In the very highest place of power, see him crowned with glory and honor, sitting at the right hand of glory. This is where your Jesus and mine is. This is there. Now, give me again your fertile imagination. We see him walking the road to Emmaus. We, we heard about that at the breaking of bread this morning, at the communion service. We see him walking the road to Emmaus, lifting up two disciples who were so disappointed, so discouraged, and they were discussing that we were hoping that he would have risen from the dead. We were hoping to see him alive. Some of the women are talking and saying that he rose from the dead, but we haven't seen anything. All we see is we've heard, we haven't seen nothing. And here we see him coming down from his, from the highest heaven, coming down to walk for eight miles. I drove those eight miles. I was there to walk with them. And talk to them. And listen to them. And lift up their morals. And lift up their hearts. And burn their hearts with his resurrection. And sitting with them. And eating with them. And then leaving them from sadness to total gladness. This is where God is. He is where sadness is to come and brighten your day. To come and lift your morale. To come and comfort your heart. Where is he? On that same day, before he went anywhere, he saw two people there walking, and he came to them and walked with them. Why? Because he couldn't bear to see one of the disciples of his going sad and not believing what has happened. We see him in the midst of the room where the disciples were on Easter day, saying to them, Why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? We see him coming to the doubting Thomas and said, Thomas, when I was amongst the disciples, you were not here. And you said, well, when I put my hands in those ones, then I will believe. Well, come by. I came for you. I want you to believe. We see him erasing doubts from the hearts of his people. And helping them. And telling them, why are you troubled? Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your heart? Come and touch me. And because they were so thrilled yet unbelieving. Is that him? Or is it, as we heard this morning, or is it a shadow of him? Well, he doesn't come in shadows. We leave these to the movies But Jesus Christ is alive. And he said, come and touch me. 
And because, and even if you don't believe, let me see, do you have something for, for me to eat? Huh? This is not a ghost anymore. And he, they gave him fish, and he ate, and he is the God amongst them, comforting their hearts and erasing their doubts. Now we see him walking in the midst of the church. Oh, yes. We see him standing up when a martyr of his was dying, Stephen's. We see him there. Where is he? Standing up to welcome one of his martyrs into the presence of God in heaven. And we see him in Revelations, uh, in the midst of all churches, coming to gather all the Christians to take them to be with him. We see him coming in the clouds of heaven as he comes to take his saints home, as it says in Thessalonians. And we see him riding on a white horse when he comes to judge the whole world. Where is he? He is the king of kings. He's the God of all gods. And his, uh, on his robe and on his thigh, he had a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And one day, one day I assure you, as the Bible says, 150% and more at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those who are in heaven and on earth and under earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is where he is. You're not going to find him amongst the people who deny him. You're going to find Jesus Christ amongst the people who honor him and love him and worship him. And most of all, he is in your heart, in the heart of every person who have accepted him as a personal savior. He gives you the strength. He gives you the faith. He gives you the love to love others as you love God. And to continue the journey without fail, without doubts, without fear. To honor him as we live. Nevermore do we see him lying down dead. Nevermore. It's not going to happen again. I assure you. The glory is his now. The shame is over forever and ever. And notice with me, most of all, we see him in the garden on Sunday morning. Because there were some women who were so sad. Some women who were so sad. And he addressed them. And as he addressed them, I took these three words to leave them with you before we go home and we go to our families and celebrate Easter today. Three words that affected uh, me while studying this portion of the Bible. And I hope it will speak to your heart. The first three recorded words of the Lord after his resurrection. I hope it will be so encouraging to you. First word, we see it in Matthew 28.9. He, the Bible says, he greeted this woman. And the word greeted in the original 
is rejoice. The very first word out of his mouth to these women says rejoice. And the message of God today to you, of the resurrected Savior to you, is rejoice. He did not say anything. He greeted them. The word greeted there is rejoice. And may God help us to rejoice today especially in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you cannot rejoice, there is some element missing in your heart. And that is, you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart. So I ask you this morning to open your heart to him and say, Lord Jesus, you are the living Savior. Come to my heart. Change my life so I can rejoice and enjoy this simple short life that you have, been, you have given me to live on the face of this earth. Are you rejoicing this morning? Then let me see smiling. Okay. Are you smiling? Okay. Amen. Are you rejoicing really? So many times we smile to take a picture. Smile. Yeah. Put on a big picture. But are you smiling all the way in your life? Why are you sad? Why are you bothered? Why are you doubting? Jesus came to this world. To abolish sadness, doubts, death, and give you true joy in Him. There is no joy outside the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you. There is good, maybe a joy on Friday night when you have a party. Maybe there's a joy when, you, uh, when there's a birth in the family. Maybe there's a joy in getting married. And we rejoice in that. But it's all temporary. The real joy the everlasting joy, the forever joy, is having Jesus Christ in your heart. Amen. You know, people seldom see me not smiling. And when I'm not smiling, I have a problem. And say, Edo, what's wrong? They read me. They read my face. But you know, the Lord has given me this joy. I have known the Lord Jesus Christ since 54 years. And I never was disappointed. Not one day. Not one day. And I invite you to take Jesus as your Savior and rejoice this morning. He says, rejoice. Now, the second word he left with us. Before 1230 is on, I be done. The second word he said, do not be afraid. Verse 10. Do not be afraid. In other words, fear not. Why you say, fear not. You're not left alone. He said, I am the first and I am the last. And the living one. Not a dead guy. The living one. He's talking to them. He is there talking to them. And I was dead, he says. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Do not be afraid, Christian. Do not be afraid, dear friend. Do not be afraid of anything. Jesus is alive and he is with you. Take him as Savior and he will never leave you nor forsake you. The third word that he left with them. He said, you know, the two angels told the women about it. He says, go and tell. Go and tell. And he addressed the same woman. He said this. Take this word to my brethren. 
Go and tell. Tell what? Tell what? What you've seen. And this is the message for us. First, rejoice. Second, fear not. Thirdly, go and tell about your experience. Go and tell. And you know, before he left this world, what did he, what did he ask the disciples to, to do? He said, go and tell. Go and preach this gospel. That's telling to all the world. And you know what? Do not be afraid. I am with you till the end of the world. And these are the three words on this Easter after, early afternoon. Uh, the Lord addresses up to us. Rejoice, Christian. Fear not. And go and tell about this wonderful experience that you have. Do you have an experience in your heart? Did Christ save your life? Did he change your life? Are you happy in Jesus? Are you rejoicing of what you have? Are you happy because when he rose, he rose, we, we, we were risen with him. And we have Jesus Christ in our hearts. And one day, one day we shall see him face to face. Why don't we go and tell the world about this great experience and witness to the world what Jesus has done in our lives? Is that fair? That's what he's saying. Lo, I am with you. May the Lord exercise our hearts on this Easter day to listen to the message from the tomb. He's no more dead. And the message from his word, the message from his mouth, go and tell with joy. And I am with you rejoicing. May we, bow, may we bow our lives, our heads down. And kneel at his feet in our hearts. And worship a victorious Savior, a victorious Lord. Let's go and rejoice with no fear. Tell the whole world that we serve a risen Savior. Our Father, we... Thank you for sending the Lord Jesus Christ into this world to save us, to die for us, and to rise to give us eternal life. May you work your life with the Holy Spirit in the lives of many people here this morning and help us to honor you and to love you and to obey you as long as we live. If there are people who have Sad hearts today who are burdened. We pray, Lord, that you enter their hearts, change their lives. Help them rejoice, Lord, and give them the assurance not to fear anything if they are walking with you. We give you glory and praise and help us never to forget that you are our God. And Jesus Christ is our personal Savior. For in his name we ask and pray. Amen.